Drink it in, man. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Get up, Stafford throws. It is end zone. technical issue we lost the show we're back today people are going to get a double dip today and tomorrow and uh we're going to bring them two games each man it's gonna be a lot of lions uh, talk you ready to do this yeah uh, this might seem like a little deja vu to us so uh, let's just knock this out <laughs> yeah man uh sounds good we we know the combine's going on we know um the coach and the gm both step to the podium uh, we'll get to that more now. So before we jump in, I just want to tell the people. So our plan is today we're going to be giving you Chicago and the Rams rewind. Uh, our Friday morning show that drops, we're still going to be able to get that one in. Uh, so that one, uh, let me fresh my memory. That's going to be the Cards and Bills game. So we're, we'll yep. rumble through both of those. And then uh, over the uh, weekend or before we get to our show, rewind, and we'll probably bring you some combine uh, talk and whatnot. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, with all that being said, Grifka, Turkey Day, Lions Bears, Lions in the throwbacks, the silver helmets, the all blue, just plain gray jerseys. You gotta love it. I mean, we looked forward to this game every year. We had Chicago coming into town. We haven't been playing great football. I mean, what'd you think? Just kind of kicking off this game. Uh, the first thing I want to mention is the uniforms. That is by far like one of my. Uh favorite lines uniforms that I've seen them in of all times and I even like the uh ones when I was when I was a kid but uh that uniform I, I always thought it was sharp when even when they first brought it back that you know that blue with the uh silver number and the uh just the silver helmet with no decal or, or stripe or anything it's one of my favorite uh uniforms I've had and it's actually one of my favorite throwbacks in all the NFL 
Oh yeah, it's it's right up there for me too. I guarantee there's like non Lions fans that think it's funny. Like, well, they did, they took the logos off their helmets or look at how plain these are. But I mean, they are classic. When you're talking throwbacks, I mean, that's about as throwback as it gets right there. Going way back to just the plain jerseys, it just looks sweet. So, um, you know, with that being said, like my first note on the game, uh, outside of how big it was and the cool jerseys we had going, is uh, kind of early in this football game. Uh, we had a really nice play by the Lions. Uh, a little catch by Trey Burton of the of the Bears, and uh, I believe it was Shed got in there, absolutely just kind of punched it out. Uh, man, who was the Bear guy? So there used to be a Bear guy that would just punch it out. Peanut Tillman, yeah. right? Wasn't that who it was? So he pulled a Peanut Tillman on the Bears, punched it out. Jared Davis picks it up and kind of fumbles his way for a good 20, 30 yards down the field, put the Lions in good position. Uh, always nice to see when you turn the football over. Yeah, I mean, uh, that and uh, I have to say, uh, your boy, Jared Davis, was right there to hop on it and recover the fumble. So it's always nice when plays like that happen for the Lions. Yep, and I love when you give credit to Jared Davis, so I'll give you a grift of bells for that one. Uh, so after that, I mean, um, I feel like we allowed a late TD in the uh, second quarter, kind of heading into halftime. Like, there was not much that happened in this first half. Again, I know we're rolling through these two games pretty quick, but I didn't have too many notes in regards to plays back and forth. I mean, we allowed a a late touchdown uh, into the half, 40 seconds left. I got here 9-7 Bears at the half, not too many other notes. Oh, you got anything else from that first half, Griffka? Just the – what is it – no, I mean, really, it was like I said, it was kind of blasé, actually. I'm kind of running back through my notes. There was nothing really that amazing that uh, amazed me in it. So, nothing like worth note. I mean, Blunt had a touchdown, but that was it. Yeah, he fell in the end zone from uh, in tight. Uh, real quick before we get to the second half, like as we've done these rewinds, Griffith, I mean, I know you've kind of banged down LeGarrette Blunt a little bit, and, uh, you know, he did not have a good year. But I feel like towards the back of the season here, he did what we hoped he would do, is he scored short touchdowns, and he has a few runs here or there where he's able to shift his feet, get outside, and get up the field a little bit. I mean, you feel the same, or you feel like he was just a a bum all year long? He just looked awful slow to me all year long, even late in the year. I mean, I I remember seeing him – you know, even a few years ago, and I realize age does take a toll, but still, I mean, it's not like even the last few years he was the main workhorse. He was still, you know, cutting carries with a lot of a lot of people. So he just looked really slow. And, yeah, he was kind of the plotter. I mean, his touchdown run against the Bears, it was, it was like, it was, I guess, for lack of a term, he muscled his way in. But uh, still, I mean, it was just, he just looked slow and plotting all year to me as compared to carry on. Maybe that was my guy I was comparing him to. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think so. I just think if, if carry-on was rolling all year and the Garrett Blunt was able to get the short touchdowns or was able to hit a run here or there, we wouldn't have noticed it as much. But when he got the bulk of the carries, you know, when you look at the numbers at the end of the day, it definitely, you know, wasn't wasn't good enough what we expected. So uh, we kick off the second half, Grifka, and all I got is a couple words for you, and it's Ziggy did it. Ziggy with a big sack. Uh, the guy's out there. He's making plays. What do you guys say about that? Yeah, it was uh, nice. That way uh, they must have took his pitcher off the milk carton. He actually decided to show up. <laughs> oh, he does uh, from time to time. Well, he, uh, so he had, he had that, an that almost was sack I mean, pretty close to after that also. Your, your infamous almost sacks that you always tell like, he almost got there. Cool. Uh, I'm <laughs> glad almost sack was, uh, was on there. <laughs> Oh, man, they're called quarterback pressures. Good to get it right. Um, 
so let's keep moving our way through this game. So again, uh, you know, not the greatest game for our Lions, especially on national TV. I have a late third quarter um, was finally the time they decided to uncork the football, throw it deep to Kenny Galladay. They they kind of got Stafford out of the out of the pocket where he normally, you know, crumbles when pressure comes. He got outside, kind of winged it down the left sideline, deep ball to Kenny Galladay. He makes the play. I mean, that was nice to see, but that definitely had to catch both of our eyes of saying, like, what took you so long? Or why why can't we um, utilize this guy for four quarters? Yeah, I don't know why. I think all I can uh, all I can think is that they were, since he was pretty much the main guy, a lot of teams were starting to rotate coverage to him. But later in the year, because I think at first, after they got rid of Golden, got rid of, after they traded Golden Tate and uh, – you know, teams were able to cover him a little more. And then after Marvin Jones, you know, was hurt, you know, a lot more was focused on him. But he was able to find his way to be able to get open. So I, I'm not quite for sure why they didn't use him nearly as much. Yeah, so you said that a couple times about sort of like, oh, he's going to get more coverage, just that and the other. Like, my take on it is that, you know, it's only been late in the NFL here where teams are loading up with three, four really good explosive type receivers. It was always, you had a stud and you had a guy like kind of in the pocket. That was a compliment. I mean, there shouldn't be too much of an excuse like, Oh, he's getting coverage. I mean, we still got two good receivers. We'll probably add a couple more weapons, either receiver tight end. But I mean, if you're better than the guy across from you, you just go make plays and get the football to him. So I'm really hoping that happens there in 2019. But uh, but due to that deep by uh, Garrett Blunt, the ball game makes it 13-9 Lions. I mean, at this point, I mean, even Grifka, who's been known to uh, fear the worst, uh, has got to be feeling decent. I mean, kind of the third quarter uh, later in the game here, 13-9 Lions on Thanksgiving. Uh, what are you thinking at this point? Yeah, I was like, this is going to be another one of the uh... – Lions payback games on Thanksgiving. They seem to do that and, um, in years where they'll lose if they were lose to um, one of their uh, rivals on the road. I mean, generally like the Packers, they would play them on uh, Thanksgiving Day game and they would, uh, I guess, redemption is what it would be and they would be able to uh, come back at the W. So, and I mean, you heard me say this to you before. I never thought the, I thought the Bears weren't that great. They weren't that great. So um, I thought they were, you know, I thought they were going to be able to uh, pull this one out. I was feeling good about it. Yeah, man, right, right after the score, they end up uh, going for two. I mean, it was one of those plays, if, if I don't rec- if I recall correctly, where they kind of – they do like a half roll or they kind of have a play to, in mind. It wasn't available. You know, Stafford just ends up kind of firing it out of the back of the end zone. I mean, nothing creative, nothing unique, just kind of, hey, let's roll them out and try to throw it to the flat probably, and the flat's not open, so they had no other option on the play. I mean, pretty disappointed by the two-point call, no doubt. Uh, as we move on from there, I mean, I have here in big bowl print, uh, Nevin Lawson toasted and roasted by uh, Cohen. There was 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, the finally the, the Bears have put a drive together. I mean, they have uh, Chase Daniel. We didn't talk about that off the top. Chase Daniel coming in um, to our house on Thanksgiving, and we let him hang in the football game. He doesn't play that well. He misses some passes. Here he throws a nice little ball up, uh, and Lawson was roasted and toasted so bad that uh, Cohen was able to look over both shoulders twice, I think, and then made a nice over-the-shoulder adjustment to the football catch, easy touchdown. I mean, tie football game basically with 7.30 left is what I got here. What would you think of that uh, defense by your boy, Nevin Lawson? 
Yeah, you know how I feel about him. It's like, <laughs> give me a break. I think uh, I might as well just be in like one of those five gallon garbage cans, you know, you see sitting out by the side of the road. They play, they play just as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Grifka, let me throw this at you. Like, I'm going to maybe break down the Matt Pad and the Bob Quinn presser on, on one of our other shows here. But um, did you hear the comment about Bobby Quinn saying that he's still hanging in there with T's and he, he's he's definitely not a safety, he's a corner, and he's hoping that he'll come around? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Once again, I think that's just GM speak. He's got to yeah, say it. That's exactly, I mean, to say that, I mean – He's got to back up a statement of of that being the most tape he's watched on anybody ever, you know. So you, you got to show faith in the guy, you know, as, as much as you can until somebody you know hits you over the head with a rubber mallet and says it's time to cut this guy loose. <laughs> See, my thing too is that uh, he has to say it, and like you just brought up the good point, like. Bobby Quinn went on the record of saying it's the most tape he's watched. I mean, to have a guy that you say that about and to roll the dice in the second round when everybody knew his speed and whatnot and to have it come back and bite you, man, that's got to be the worst. Like, had he not said anything, it wouldn't be as bad. And, like, my only thing as a Lions Kool-Aid drinker is, man, I hope he turns it around too. Like, high second-round pick, we need a corner. I mean, even if he could be a third or fourth option, I mean, I would like that. I mean, I'm, I'm ready for people to start asking Bobby Quinn, like, why can Evan Lawson not cover anybody and why'd you guys pay him and why is he still here? You know what I mean? I know he wasn't a draft pick, but he's got just as much to be culpable for as Tease does at this point, if not more, because he's out there. Man. Yeah, and that's like, maybe, you know, I know at some point we're going to do another podcast about position breakdowns and we can break him down a little more. And people are like, well, put him at the third. Well, your third's usually your nickel. And actually your nickels usually has to be like one of your better athletes because there's more range to cover. There's more ground to cover. Yeah. So, and I don't know if he has the foot speed to be a nickel. Just because you're not a starter doesn't automatically make you a nickel corner. I mean, nickel corners, they don't right. have to be fast, but they need to be really quick on their feet. And I don't know if he even has that. So... Right. I, I agree. And uh, my biggest thing with, with Tease and Evan Lawson is they both, I mean, more so Tease because he's supposed to have great instincts and be able to make plays. He's made no plays on the football, no interceptions, no turnovers, no nothing. And same with Evan Lawson. He has the one fumble recovery for a touchdown his whole career. He's never. So I don't mind if you get burned sometimes as long as you make plays, a.k.a. Dre Bly back just get roasted and toasted and never get your hands on the football. I got issues with that. So anyway, let's go ahead and finish up this game. So it's basically knotted up here late in the fourth quarter. Again, uh, you think of this as a bad loss, but here we are late in the game with a chance to win it. Matt Stafford deep in his territory, uh, drops back, throws the hot route to Mike Roberts on the outside, running a flat on the left side and just gets it. Uh, pick, pick six. I mean, guy read it just – Took him, punched him in the face, took his candy, and, and scored this. I mean, to me, that was just an embarrassing play by a 10-year vet. Um, probably says, hey, I made the right read, but everybody knows, you know, uh, you can't do that late in a football game. Uh, break that one down, Grifka. That one, it, just from looking at it, it doesn't even look like um, – it didn't even look like that uh, Stafford even checked off anybody. When the ball was snapped, it's almost like he knew where he was going right from the jump, right from the snap, and he just stared <laughs> him down and – the uh, the defender was even off Roberts, but the safety I believe came over and picked, you know, just read his eyes and came over and picked it and just went back. So that's right. just Stafford's got to be better than that. I mean, I don't know. He, he just has to be better than that. 
And my thing, too, is it was a safety that came all the way from the back end and read this thing and got it. It's not a corner that's three yards off the football that broke on it. I mean, this guy came from his deep uh, safety position, ran right to where the ball was going to come from, snagged it, and it was an easy house call after that. So I don't care what your hot route is or what the play said to do. you got to be able to spy this guy and even just fake it by a little time, and then you could have thrown it past him. But just to throw it right on rhythm, I mean – like I said, kind of inexcusable. So, uh, you know, that, that puts the Lions down here late in the game, six minutes. They put a drive together, um, get down somewhat close. I think they got a, a big, a couple big penalties or pass interference in there somewhere. I got to admit, I watched the YouTube version uh, rather than the long form as we had been because I knew these were some tough losses. And uh, they get down deep, and I think it was, you know, second second down type territory inside the 20. Matt Stafford gets scrambling and he just throws a nice loft ball up to Kenny Galladay. He goes up and absolutely snatches it right under the crossbar and uh, can't get his toes down. And so it's incomplete. Soon after that, Matt Stafford just kind of flicks the ball to the back pylon, uh, AKA Matt Stafford uh, didn't, or not AKA, uh, by the way, didn't realize that Mike Roberts was at the front pylon running a whole different route. Uh, Easy pick uh, for Chicago ball game. I mean, uh, again, what are you thinking? Like, you know, I remember people blaming Mike Roberts on this play. I'm just thinking like, you know, even if it's a, I think Stafford goes, oh, it's a feel thing. It's a feel play. Well, if it's a feel play and you see your guy win one area, you throw it to another spot. That's on you, buddy. So bad pick, ball game, uh, pretty much there for was, the Bears. Uh, you got anything yeah, to say about that? There was actually a couple plays in there in that game where Mike Roberts just did not seem to be looking for the ball. I mean, Stafford threw, him, threw at him on, you know, quick routes like that and you know, either he didn't get his head turned around in time or he didn't think the ball was coming to him or, or something. But just watching that game again, it happened It happened a couple times where he wasn't just, I don't know, he just wasn't paying – he just didn't have his head turned around. I mean, it was just like you said, a misread or something by the quarterback. But Mike Roberts just wasn't looking for the ball on a few passes and it was thrown to him. I guess so, but when I went back and watched it, I mean, if Stafford throws a laser ball to the to front pylon towards the sideline, I think it's a touchdown. But instead, he just sort of, like I said, he, he felt, oh, he felt you were going to, like, cut back or you're going to take a better pass right to the line and getting those cut type of touchdowns. I just felt it was a bad read, and, and like I say, at this point, I was ready to turn my TV off, but wait – uh, the Bears get the ball back, and they just sit on it. They just run the football, third and nine, um, everything on the line, about a minute left. So if we stop them, uh, we'll be able to, I think, call a timeout and get the football back. Or, um, Yeah, I think we did have a timeout in the pocket. So third and nine, they just sweep it out to uh, Tariq Cohen. He's about dead in the backfield, you know, if going to gain a couple yards. Next thing you know, he's just tiptoeing along the sideline. None of our guys can tackle. There's no effort. Uh, ends up getting all the way to the sticks for a first down ball game. To me, it was just a, a terrible way to lose a game, terrible effort, like one of those joke plays where you're just like, how how did you – that doesn't happen in real football. You don't let a little guy like that run through three, four tackles and get nine yards on a, on a run off tackle right. Like it just doesn't happen. So I was really – uh, frustrated again watching that and thinking really that end of the game if anything we should at least got the ball back and had a chance well, yeah we should have got the ball back and but uh, your boy Jared Davis took another one of his great tackles uh, you know angles on t- a tackle and just totally was in the wrong gap you know ran to the wrong gap and Tariq Cohen beat him to the outside and you know by time 
you know, Jared Davis got where he was, you know, going. He was out of the play, and the guy just kind of turned around and blocked him. And uh, Tariq Cohen was able to get around to the edge. So that was one of those things where Jared Davis, once again, he's got to take better angles. And if he took a better angle, he would have forced Cohen back inside where all of his help was. Instead, he took the wrong gap, and uh, Cohen was able to get to the edge. Yep. That's a Griff Cabell for the Jared Davis hater aid. Uh, but I actually agree with you on this one. I mean, one of my things with Jared Davis, and again, he's he's on one of my uh, – he's on the Oakery list, is that, uh, you know, I'm going to live with plays where he misses a gap or he might miss a tackle here or there because I think he's got enough speed and ability to make other plays that jump off the table or, or create turnovers as he kind of grows in his role as he has been. I think he's seen an uptick, you know, as he's gone. But you're right, on this play, he missed it. I think there were at least two to three other Lions that missed it towards the sideline. None of them are excusable. Uh, especially with the game on the line. I mean, all you had to do was get this little tiny guy to the ground, too. It's not like you're trying to take down uh, Howard at this point or another big running back. It's it's a little Tariq Cohen. You should be able to grab him with a finger and throw him to the ground. Uh, so, like you say, that's Thanksgiving, man. A, a bad loss for the Lions, a bad way to lose, both on your quarterback's shoulders and, uh, you know, late game, lack of effort, lack of tackling. So, yeah. tough one. All right, so we're doing a double dip. So that's uh, that's our uh, Bears review. Let's jump right into the Rams game, Griffco. The Rams heading to Ford Field right after this. Um, this was a game most people thought, oh, man, it's going to be a beatdown. Rams are going to come in and score 30, 40 points against the Lions. Um, and uh, it was definitely a different story. So let's jump into it. Uh, I got here 3-0 Rams with two minutes left in the first quarter. So absolutely nothing really going on in the first quarter offensively for either team. Got to give credit to the Lions defense, and uh, also they were able to hold Gurley in check there early, which was a big move. Um, snacks, all the big DTs, the boys up front were doing a good job, don't you think? Yeah, they had uh, early on that uh, Gurley wasn't, uh, you know, he was, he was, he, they were containing him pretty good. I mean, he was, he had a couple nice runs, but for the most part, they were containing him. And uh, the Lions were actually showing a lot more life than what I thought they would after the Thanksgiving loss and with the tough Rams, Rams team coming in. So, yeah, I would uh, I would have to agree with you on there that first the Lions were playing pretty pretty stout defense. I can't remember, you know, the women here or not. Like, I know they've, um, you know, they were playing really good football. I think this is towards the end of the year where they're uh, starting to, peel off a little bit I mean but they still had all their guns blazing as far as their weapons and whatnot so the next note I had was 10 minutes left in the second quarter uh really nice pick by Quandre Diggs it was one of those uh, play action deep passes that Jared Goff seemed to go to every play in this game he'd fake it and try to throw it 30 time he throws it down the field overshoots his target and uh Quandre had to come excuse me, had to come from a, a great distance and he was able to kind of basket catch this while on the run and start to get upfield. I thought it was a nice athletic play by him. Obviously, we're big fans of him and think uh, he's a cornerstone to that defense, no doubt about it. Yeah, that was a, yeah, it was a good, I, th- I thought the Lions defense on that, they did a nice little uh, scheming play right there and pulled Jared Goff and he thought he had something open deep and like you said, he just kind of winged it up there and Diggs was back there to make the play. So that was a, that was a nice uh, defensive scheme that Matt Pat and Mother Goose came up with. Yeah, I, I'm all about turnovers too, man. I feel like you know we got to turn the football over. We've got to uh, make plays on the ball when it's there. So uh, it was nice to see that, no doubt. Um, 
so let's let's keep blowing through these. So a TD by Woods soon after that on your boy Slay. I felt like you know Robert Woods is a decent football player, but he's nothing extraordinary. So to have our number one corner on him down deep, and then for him to be able to shake loose, score a touchdown, I was a little disappointed on that. That was with two minutes left in the second quarter. Um, Lions get the football back, and they, uh, you know, they got two minutes, but they just kind of. I think the first play they ran was this draw play to Theo Riddick, and they tried to sneak. You know how, like, when they start a two-minute, they try to either get a screen or a draw and get, like, 10 yards or so to get him going? Well, they tried this draw play to Theo, and Aaron Donald absolutely blows in the backfield, just grabs him with two hands and slings him to the ground with ferocity. I mean, it was – I had to watch it a couple times. It was incredible. So that was a great play by him. Basically ended the half, uh, ended uh, any hopes the Lions had uh, to go down and get a field goal or any type of points. Yeah, um, I'll comment on that play first, uh, and I want to, you know, go back for a couple seconds. And, uh, yeah, when Eric Donald, you know, pretty much, you know, uh, lambasted uh, Riddick, it, I just, even watching that play again, I laughed. I did. I just chuckled. I just <laughs> thought it was so funny. It was like, it was almost like varsity against JV right there. And he just, like, man-child him, you know. <laughs> it just made me laugh. I mean, that's all there was to it. But uh, to go back and talk about that after the Diggs play, about after the digs play, what happened was I was, you know, watching that again. We was kind of talking about key things. I mean, there was a play in there at, right after the Lions got the ball back. Shortly thereafter, it was like second or third down. I mean, I know because I keep an eye open for this guy because we might have something with him. Levine Toilola was wide open downfield. I mean, wide open, like nobody around him, and Stafford just overshot him. I mean, it was like one of those plays that could, you know, it might not let enough in, but, you know, they could have went three and out right after that first down or something. But it was one of those things that, you know, it keeps the drive alive, but instead it gave the ball back to the Rams. And you mentioned the Woods beating uh, Slay for the touchdown, but on that same drive, the Lions had, you know, two defensive penalties. They had a defensive holding from your boy, Nevin Lawson, and then um, they also had an illegal hands <laughs> to the face, which, um, gave him a first down. I think it was like a second long or third. It was second or third and long in that when that happened where it kept the drive live. And it was just one of those things like shortly thereafter, they, uh, you know, uh, Woods beat Slay for the touchdown. So we was kind of talking about key plays and, and that little stretch right there. I mean, that was like three key plays that led to, you know, and, you know, it could have been, you know, a 14 point swing. So. Yeah, that's good. So, that play they would have been off the football field instead it was a first down and it did it was a long one too I mean they they were in third and quite long and able to move the sticks on that penalty that always hurts you big time so 13-3 the Rams were up heading to halftime you know sitting there as a Lions fan even watching it again you got to be feeling like hey you know 13 uh they I have here a, gr- a great sack by Snacks, uh, 13 minutes left in the third quarter. He ends up making a play, and I didn't hit on it on the Chicago game, but I know early on in that football game he had a sack as well, being able to get after the quarterback. So, um, you know, we talked about it a bunch on the show, Grifka, but really excited to see a full season of Snacks and see what this guy can do in the middle of the defense. He's making impacts, and just uh, even when he's not making sacks and plays, just clogging up the middle is huge for this team. Yeah, having him for a full year would definitely help him um, help the Lions defense. I saw a stat. I can't remember which game I was watching in this, but where the Lions run defense was without him, they were like 26th in run defense by time yeah. you know, by time he got to the team. And then from that week they got him up until the point I saw the stat, I think it was during the 
Bills game, they were like sixth in the league in, in rush defense. So, I mean, he obviously made a huge difference for this team. Yeah, it was a tremendous value with that fifth round or two. So, uh, you know, build around him and, and got a good D-line. I went from kind of no D-line to a good D-line. Now just looking for some edge rushers, uh, depending on how they want to do that. If they want to get the big edge rusher like we're used to or – if they want another canard type, uh, you know, Jack linebacker type that kind of rushes off the edge. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, soon after that, the Lions got a field goal. I think it was a pretty, uh, pretty nice distance field goal by Prater. So that was good to see. Um, just an absolute terrible. I have here just a terrible onside kick by Sam Martin. Like I was excited watching it again going, what did it, did they just onside kick it in like the third quarter or whatever it was? Sure enough, they pull a rabbit out of their hat onside it. But it was the most lame onside kick of all time. Tracy Walker basically picks the ball up and looks at uh, Sam Martin like, come on, man. Like, all you got to do is get it 10 yards. It would have had him, and you can't even kick the football. It's your only job. Like, I mean, Sam Martin, he has to have a towel and a glove on to come out and hold for extra points, and he can't even kick the ball off right. What was it, two, three games ago we talked about him falling on the ground? I mean, what's this guy's issue, man? Terrible. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that was another another uh play you know the scratch in my head it's just like yeah I mean great you know onside kick fool and then this was like he it was like almost like the perfect putt in golf where you know you have to go short and it's on a fast it's on a fast green but but you you put it perfectly this thing was supposed to go 10 yards and it stopped like at seven I mean it was going so slow it like stopped at seven yards it's not like you know there was something there you know stopping it no it, the ball just like stopped at seven yards like you said, Tracy Walker just bent down and picked it up. It's like, yeah, okay. And why can't why can't kickers come up with anything innovative? Like, you know, I haven't seen a new style onside kick or unique play in, you know, a decade of watching football. This is all these guys do is kick field goals, punts, and and try onside kicks during practice, but they're always terrible at it. I mean, it's like one in a million. I see a good onside kick that either gets a good hop or they fake out the deep or fake out the uh, receiving team and make a great play. I mean, like I say, I'm basically done with the guy, this guy, especially for what he makes. I mean, time for a, a new option back there. We can get a punter dime a dozen, you know? So anyway, after that, they get the football, uh, you know, the Rams don't do much with it. I have here a nice drive by the lions, um, they made their way down the field, a couple passes here or there, you know, my one or I think it might've been to Levine Toilolo. What do you think about him? I, I, I mean, I was kind of surprised by that signing. I think we might've found something with him. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, all this talk about tight end. I mean, come on people. We got Levine Toilolo. I mean, everybody forgot that he probably had what, 10 catches before he signed yeah. with the lions. So uh, I, we definitely don't have anything, but sure enough, they get down close and, Decker of all people into a route he catches the ball scores throws it in the uh, crowd and then for four weeks uh, after that we had to listen to Taylor Decker talk about I want my football back I want my football it's just like well don't throw in the crowd you idiot but uh still happy to see the Lions get on the board here what about you <laughs> I want my football man crying like every Ohio State bucket I want my crying. football I want my football <laughs> <laughs> oh man for a big big guy man he for a couple weeks that was just embarrassing yeah wait wait till we wait till we do my draft or not or we do our like prospects tirade <laughs> and you hear my tirade again about mike weber especially what he said at the combine like give me a break <laughs> be crazy to play for the lines uh -huh. yeah, it'd be crazy to have your dummy ass on the team 
start. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a late round. Uh, he's a late round target for me. People, if he's there really late, I don't yeah, mind. He'd be an awesome tackling dummy in practice. And he could <laughs> whine about it on Twitter. Hey man, this guy can catch and run. And speaking of that, Griffco, we won't get into it now because we're blowing through this episode. But I got a bone to pick with you, even though I just made fun of Taylor Decker. Um, you you brought something to the table about him that we argued about uh, over the last weekend that we'll get into in another show. So I'll let that slide for now. Uh, you got any other comments on this touchdown, or can we keep? No, going? I mean that was probably the best pass play the Lions had all game, though. <laughs> Oh, man, that's saying something. That's rough. But, um, you know, next thing I got is Frank Ragnow. Oh, man, he just had an absolutely rough day at the office. Aaron Donald ragdolled him, went around him, beat him up, pushed him around. Uh, not fun to see our number one pick middle of the first round get kind of treated like this, even if it is by the best defensive tackle in the game. Um, you know, overall, Griff, what do you think about him getting roughed up? And then uh, do you expect better things now that he'll be in year two? Because he can't. He can't be a sieve, even if it's against these top pass rushers. Yeah, that was for for some games that he looked really good. You know, doing like being like the road grader. Like I, we we mentioned it recovering the uh, the um, Patriots game. He just looks like such a road grader there, just you know pushing guys around, opening holes. I mean, you expect to see that, but I mean, it was Aaron Donald, and Aaron Donald does that to a lot of people. I mean, there was games where. Ragnow just looked really bad on stunts, just on like simple twist stunts, not talking where like like the two down linemen, you know, you know, go out and then the linebacker comes in where they were and you know miss that. No, I'm talking like simple twist, you know, between the tackle and the end, he seemed to get confused. So he definitely needs to uh, you know, pick it up on that. But there's just games where he just dominated on, on you know, pushing guys on around, you know, rushing the ball, but you know, it's Aaron Donald. He's going to do that to a lot of people, but he definitely did have a lot of ups and downs for a rookie. Yeah, I totally agree. So let me tell you this. So you, you said how he finished plays and whatnot, and I know that was a big thing coming into us. Taking him was kind of was nasty or nobody could get by him, didn't allow any sacks. So the other day, Griff, I was watching some uh, tape on – TJ Hawkinson because he's all the rage for the Lions and I'm like all right let me get my head even more around this guy in case they take him again I don't want him at eight I wouldn't mind him in a trade down and even if they take him at eight you know it's all about what he does on the field but so I'm watching this video this breakdown from this guy on YouTube and uh, he's showing like plays of TJ Hawkinson just crushing people in the run game and by blocking and he had one of the greatest taglines of all times so when you're talking about Ragnow finishing plays or a guy like Hawkinson really bearing down on blocking. The guy kept yelling out, finish your food, <laughs> finish your food, big fella. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my gosh, what a great line. We got to say that next year going into games when people get. Yeah, I'm fine with that. As, um, <laughs> but I still don't want TJ Hawkinson at eight no matter what. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if he finishes the food and, you know, takes the next guy's food. I don't give a crap. He pays it forward and take, eats his food. I don't give a crap. I still don't want DJ Hawkinson at eight. <laughs> All right. We'll save that for another day because it, it can't be at eight no matter what, Griffin. There's no, there's no no matter what's in life. Like, you have to take everything, like, where it nope. is with all the different that, variables. That's black Not and white no right there. There ain't, there ain't no gray area with me, like, him and Han about, well, maybe this can be. No. No. <laughs> Forget it. Done, done with See, you guys. That's Take a, a tight that's... end at eight. I don't care. <laughs> don't forget it. You'll be you'll be doing the Detroit Kool Aid going. I'm just here, uh, uh, Chris. You know, mad because they took. Yep, I'm mad because they took. I, I'm mad because they took a tight end. 
Oh, see, I hate that, man, that you do. Like, you're not even willing to nope. wait and see what he'd do or nope. be a perfect fit. You're just done on it because Ma- of the, name the, the last position on tight end and the pick. pick that I was wrong on. Oh, wait, never mind. Okay. Like, there's been two in the whole history of the NFL. You had one of them right. Oh, yeah. Job. One of them right. Oh, yeah. We all forgot about Brandon, okay. Brandon Pettidrop. Okay, I didn't want him either. <laughs> and that was, like, at, what, 18 or 19? I mean, I still didn't want him. Yeah. I was the Dallas pick at 20 or whatever, but yeah, I didn't want him either, but we fought for years because he had good production. Yeah, he had, beers. Anyway, let's yeah, get back to, let's get back to this at, at the end of his wrist. That was amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, another day. We're definitely going to argue this Hawkinson point again. Oh, good. I know, look forward to ripping, I look forward to ripping on, on any tight end in the first round. <laughs> okay, because you're the draft wizard. All right, so um, moving forward, uh, before you knew it, the Lions had the football back deep in their end zone. Guess who? Aaron Donald absolutely blows by glass. Graham, Graham Glasgow makes him look foolish, gets to the quarterback. Matt Stafford spins himself into a, a circle. Aaron Donald gets him with his bear-like hands and just throws him to the ground and gets the football out for a fumble. Um, next thing you know, easy touchdown by Todd Gurley, 6.55 left. Uh, 23 13 Rams, so they're starting to pull away. Um, you know, next drive for the Lions, I have here. I like how Matt Stafford threw the ball up to Kenny. There was a couple, uh, you know, he had a couple nice plays in this game, some good stats. Uh, but, uh, you know, Kenny just on a couple, he just he makes some circus catches, but I mean, a lot of times he gets his feet in. You know, he didn't kind of on this game, Lions turn it over. Uh, touchdown by Todd Gurley again, 30 to 16. I mean, a game that was so close. Now it's 30 16 Rams. I mean, it got out of hand late, no doubt. Well, the hard part was when uh, was it the uh, Lions had that that drive where they went down and got a field goal. I mean, like you said, Stafford. I mean, it was one of those things he kind of had to start winging the ball around. But the Rams did have an you know a long pass interference penalty, which, you know, definitely helped. And it was, it wasn't even a ticky tag. That wasn't a ticky tag. And I know the Rams defensive back was like looking around, like, like who me, I didn't do nothing. It's like, come on, man, this was like so blatant. And what the hard part about it is then right after that, I mean, they were down to the 25 yard line. I mean, it's like, okay, you know, cool, you know, and you know, they were still down 23, 13, but then they just, they do what they always do. It's almost like they kind of settled for the field goal. Like some of the play calls were just terrible and it's just, they ended up, for, you know, getting the three points. But then, okay, then you got to stop the Rams, okay? And that's okay. But then there was one play where was it, there was just a massive hole that Gurley ran through. It's not like it, he didn't have to make a cut or anything. It just everybody was just blown right. off. And he ran. He, he gets it out to the sideline. And then right before he goes in, he, he decides to, you know, start going, you know, um, instead of going east-west, starts going <laughs> north-south. And he's just like, okay, somebody tackle me because I don't want to score too soon. And it's just like, okay, so he finally yeah. goes down at like the five or whatever, and then a couple of plays later, it's just he is he just like walks in. Even the hole that was is just like he co- the coach can't say let him score and we'll get the ball back quicker. It's just like you know because you see that every once in a while, just like the like the, the the defensive line opens up like the Red Sea, and all of a sudden it's just like um no, I mean it wasn't even that. The lines were trying, <laughs> still like really just kind of like walked in and untouched and that was the backbreaker right there uh, yeah absolutely i forgot about that play where he ran sideline across the goal line i bet everybody playing fantasy football is freaking out and i'm just like annoyed because you know he's just he's so worried about like just beating us he doesn't even want to score again like it was just frustrating to see that at the end of the game and then he scores anyway so yeah. it's like but yeah so it was like at that point so, though i mean Gurley had broken the 
at that point, the Gurley had broken the Lions, and uh, you know he was getting he was starting to chew up yards. For as good as they held him in check early on, he was uh, he started to plow through him afterwards. Yeah, and then you know Stafford puts some empty stats together, but then ends up throwing just a really lazy. I just have a lazy bad throw to the end zone. Um, you know, just you know moved his way down the field with those passes where no one's guarding anybody. Then like. Ain't score a touchdown. He just flicks it to the other team, makes himself look bad. Basically, ends the game. Thirty sixteen. Lions lose to the Rams in Ford Field. But Toy Lolo had a great game, so we might have found something with him. <laughs> he did have some late catches, but uh, so so Grifka, this is two losses. Uh, one on Thanksgiving, another one right after that. Basically, like at this point, Lions. This is when we had our argument about. Do you just try to go win a couple games? Do you try to, like, you know, make sure that you're keeping draft pick in range, even though, like, you know, we want to win these football games? And, uh, man, this is kind of where the season turned. I feel like these two games plus the uh, Seattle game were just like, oh, man, after that, they just didn't have enough health and they didn't have enough firepower to get it done. Um, You know, let's just chat about a couple things before we go. I mean, do you believe the Lions – can win football games when they're turning the football over like they did here. I mean, we had Stafford with two picks and um, the one game he's got a fumble, a couple picks kind of against the Rams and he's not even putting up yards and touchdowns. I mean, there's pretty much no way they can win football games, turning the ball over like that. Don't you? Agree? Yeah. I mean, it's hard for any team in the NFL to win when they turn over the ball like that, but the Lions have nowhere near at that point in the season, the offensive firepower to be able to overcome stuff like that. Um, the, the run defense had improved. So, and but the pass defense at that point in the season had really become the uh, the Achilles heel for the team. So uh, the Lions just didn't have the firepower to be able to uh, overcome turnovers like that, especially in like kind of key situations. We're not talking like you said, like late in the game that lazy pass that ended against the Rams, and you know ones like that. It's just like okay, the game's over. I mean that's just a turnover. It doesn't matter at that point in the game, anyways. But when you're like like you said, when you're driving down, and you think Roberts is going to the back pylon, and he's going, he stops at the front one, you throw it up there, and that's a pick. And the um, other one against the Bears on Thanksgiving, where he totally took, you know, did not take his eyes off Mike Roberts. Like he had googly eyes for him, and uh, you know the safety just read it and came across and pick six. It and it's just it's just stuff like that where the lines that they're just not good enough to be able to overcome stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, last thing I had for you was, uh, do you feel like this current Lions team, like heading into 2019, I mean, can they start winning some of these, what I call big time football games? I'm talking national TV, Thanksgiving, prime time, uh, or just a normal football game on Sunday at one, but they're playing a team that's actually good and has a good record and is ready to rock and roll and needs a win too. I mean, until they start winning games like that consistently, I mean, they're never going to be the team that we want them to be. Would you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, the way this team is um, made up right now, I, I still think they'll, they'll struggle with those. They, they have enough to compete early, but like against the Rams, they just kind of, you know, they just have enough and they kind of fold, they folded late. And, um, uh, you know, you so you know, some teams just catch lightning in a bottle and they get confident in themselves. I mean, a couple of years ago it was Jacksonville. Last year, I still believe it was the Bears. I still don't think the Bears are that great. They're not that great. But um, you know, if uh, but then they show up for like teams against the Patriots, and you makes you wonder how they win that game. And you know, yeah, the Packers didn't turn out to be world beaters, but when they first beat them in in the year, and they were still the Packers that everybody that everybody knew. And um, so. Yeah, 
I, I think they'll compete against those, but too, it seems like when they really need the game, the the team still doesn't have the makeup or the firepower to to win that game. Yeah, my quick take on it is like I feel like the last few years we've been able to beat up on the lowly teams and the terrible record will beat them. Um, you know, a team will come into Ford Field and not have a, a very good squad or some injuries will beat them. Um, we go on the road against good teams or we have a good team come to our house that's pretty healthy and ready to go. go. I mean, our record is, is as bad as been documented. You know, Stafford against those winning teams is not good. Um, so, I don't know. I, I feel like going into 2019, though, you know, with a good draft and some good free agent pickups, like they have a decent core and it's about that time where – you know, you can't be playing, you know, this 500 football. You got to get yourself an early lead in the season or, you know, really gain momentum throughout the year with stacking W's. And uh, that's going to have to come into good teams, the bad teams, every team on your schedule. So um, yeah, I think they can do it. But, yeah, they have not been good in the big moments um, recently, even with those comebacks. When they had those comebacks, it was kind of. You know, those were frustrating because it was kind of, hey, why did you wait so long? Or, or why are we pulling these games out with pretty much luck at the end of the game? Um, you know, to me, you got to play more solid football like the uh, like the Patriots, like the Packers and like the Dolphins game this year. I mean, those were good quality wins. I mean, both the teams that they played at the time, as you said, with the Packers, but also Rams and, and Patriots. Hey, man, those teams were good when we played them. We we beat their tails. So I think those are the kind of wins they're going to have to stack up more often than not. And uh, like I always say, man, the NFL is a hard business. There's a lot of competition, lots of good teams across the NFL. There's not too many gimmies, but you definitely got to um, put a team together that can win in all types of situations. And I think they're getting towards that. But uh, we got to we got to turn it on here in 2019. So uh, you got anything else uh, for nope. the people, Grifka? All right. Well, cool. Thank everybody. We, we apologize for the crazy glitch. The first show that we've uh, completely lost after we recorded it. So it's bound to happen. Um, I uh, got over my cold pretty much. I still got a little bit of a cough. So I was able to uh, use my cough button and get through that. So I appreciate everybody putting up with me being sick last week. And uh, me and Griffin wanted to get these two games done kind of in record time here, work our way through these rewinds. And then uh, we'll be back at you Friday with another two uh, Detroit Kool-Aid rewinds. And then uh, over the weekend and next week, we'll be getting into combine free agency in the draft. So thank you, everybody. Detroit Kool-Aid cast for me and for Grifka. We're out. Back to back, start to play. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.